It's the Luke and Pete show. The Luke and the Pete are back for a little bit of post-Christmas, pre-New Year fun. Bidding farewell to 2018, no less. Has it been a stinker? Has it been as bad as 2017? It's been an interesting year, hasn't it? I, I think, think I think my peer group are growing up, so we're sort of all in a situation where we're all not enjoying things. Mm. We're all going, there's rubbish in it, everyone's dying. What we've got to do, everyone's dying. Well, we're all, listen, we're all dying. We're all dying. But, but do you know whenever these sort of end of year sort of reflection periods come around, mm. the, one, the thing that's most helpful to do is to separate out the personal, as in how your personal life's been, yeah. and the assessment of you know, the country and the world at large. Yeah. And personally, I, you know, I'm not going to bore people to death with that. But in terms of the... Don't talk about your tree surgeon again. Oh, yeah. My, I told you, he almost cut his soft. leg off. Yeah, he, he, was yeah, he did, wasn't wearing his Kevlar trousers. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and I might get a. Um, see, you do listen to some things I say. I might mm. get a new bathroom in the new year. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, people who remember Ooh, the uh, someone's Ireland. People who remember the. Kitchen. Can we check the accounts, please? <laughs> people who remember the kitchen chronicles will look forward to that the with bacon bread. Um, but anyway, in terms of um, the worst Narnia ever. In terms of the macro picture, if we like, right. I think I, I heard someone say that. This on, isn't going to get trouser based, is it? No, it's not. Right. Um, it's been weird. It's been. It's just the world just gets more and more. It's hard to explain, but I you think just look, you look at something weird. breaking and you go, really? Mm. Is that happening now? Mm. Elon Musk sending the car around a tunnel for, yeah. for no reason? I mean, what, 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 yeah, what you, is you this? You would go back to kind of like, um, it was a guy who did like the first steam engine. Like it, Things always kind of Was moved. it Robert Louis Stevenson? Robert Louis Stevenson. I had it in my head and I was thinking it might have been the same situation when I lost my mind during a football ramble recently when I was trying to remember... Uh, the bloke made Tarmac, John Luden McAdam. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. These things tarmac, can come back. Tarmac Adam. These things can Tarmac to bite you. Can, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like... What's these Pete Dawson's assessment of the world, in tw- the state of the world in 2018? Um, going think, into 2019? I think it's cruising for a bruising, Luke. Yeah? I think the um It's going to come to a head. I think it's going to um, be... I think it's going to be a situation where a big war might break out. Ooh. Which seems so tedious. Now you're sounding like Nostradamus. Nas- nation- nationalism and nationalist populism just seems to be. Um, I think we're I think we're sleepwalking into some troublesome times. As I always say when people bring up the and idea, rap videos aren't going to be able to save us. As I bring up, as I always say when people talk about populism, I always say, mm. I wish my my podcast were more populist. <laughs> yeah, I think so, <laughs> but not in a racist way. Not in a racist way. Well, um, have you got see, any? See um, what the numbers, Paul? Are you feeling reflective? About 2018? Are you, have you got anything in your mind about how it's gone for you and anything you hope for in 2019? Any well, resolutions, we, for well, example? We started, we started a company. We started doing podcasts. Uh, Luke and Pete Show joined the Stakhanov Network. That was in 2017. Yeah, it was the start of the year, wasn't it? We started doing stuff. So true, we've, yeah, true. We've, yeah. we've added some podcasts to our family, so I think it's, uh, I think it's been relatively successful. We didn't have this... Um, did we have this studio this time last year? Yeah, just about. Yeah, just about, it was just yeah. kind of it together. We didn't have cameras up. No. Um, I'm trying. I'm just technology, basically. Yeah. We didn't have the new MacBook Pro, which is actually bottlenecked by the uh, heat pipe, uh, and I hate being bottlenecked by a heat pipe, uh, Luke. I'm, I'm along with the rest of the listeners. I don't know what you mean. No, some of them will. What do you mean? Uh, just before Christmas, Gatwick was attacked by drones. Yeah. See, these are the things that I, th- I worry might scare you. <laughs> yeah, it does because I don't know about technology as much as you. Mm. So I, whenever I, when I heard that story last week, or whenever it was about. Um, Drones over Gatwick. Mm. First of all, I started thinking about the LP, album. the LP song "Drones Over Brooklyn," <laughs> and then secondly, I thought, um, I just thought of that Black Mirror episode again. Always with the again, Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. That's always my only, Mirror. that's my only science fiction cultural reference <laughs> touchstone about that episode, Metalheads, which is one of the bleakest episodes of television I've ever seen, mm. involving these sort of mechanical drone dogs that kill people. Right. Um, so, 
Uh, it does worry me, Pete. I'll be honest. I feel like a bit of a fish out of water. I feel like a grandparent, even though I'm only 38. Well, just imagine the kind of drones are just those kind of enthusiasts you see on a, a heath on a um, yeah. Sunday afternoon flying those kind of like, um, you know, um, small ratio um, yeah. Boeing 747s. I, I went, like they're, uh, yeah, okay. they're not autonomous. You've no, still got down, to fly. But this is the confusing flying. thing about the drones over Gatwick is I went down to the Cotswolds with my friend Ian mm. um, maybe a summer or two ago and he had a drone. He's like, yeah, great, I'm bringing the drone along so it should be good fun. Yeah. Got, a little, got a little GoPro on it. Mm. Great. Look forward to that. I mean, I'm, I know this is going to sound like some terrible Josh Widdicombe style stand-up routine, but it's not. Right. We, I mean, the whole weekend we couldn't get it up. Literally. What do you mean? Why wouldn't it fly? I mean, our penis. No, I mean, no. I mean, we just, he, he, he couldn't sink it properly. He couldn't fly well, it in a straight listening. line. As soon as he synced it and eventually got to that point, the battery pack ran out. So I had to yeah. replace the battery, which then means you've got to resync it. And then you take the old battery, put that mm. battery back on. Look, drones are, they seem to me to be that tipping point of technology where I'm now officially old. That's that. It's done. <laughs> well, well, I guess um, the thing is technology can always defeat technology. So you could have a situation, you could have a back door that Gatwick Airport or the airports have access to where they can just, if a, fl- if a drone flies near and it, it, it's a public safety issue, they can just kill it. But do you want back doors built into technology? No, exactly, because it yeah. could be controlled by nefarious uh, people. That's if, what... if, you, if you build a back door, you know, that you could use them, they could be used as attack drones. Like WhatsApp refusing to go unencrypted or whatever yeah exactly there, there needs to be something that we can all rely on and i agree encryption is uh you, you can't just build back doors into things because uh naughty people will find naughty ways to get into your naughty stuff people like you you mean people like me basically yeah. i don't understand have why you've done any hacking no well, i don't know surprises why surprises me have you, have you done something you don't want to talk about it? i found a somebody left a um a html page bookmarked on an engineer's um page at absolute radio and i sneaked into the website and i changed the absolute radio forward slash sexy uh, i made like a kind of like a you know like a, i don't so know this what you is call it, your like own a, workplace work, workplace absolute radio.co.uk forward slash and it'll be like pete donaldson i changed sexy to redirect to pete donaldson right so every time if you type in absolute radio.co.uk forward slash sexy and i'm fairly certain it still works it I'm will try. it will uh, it will redirect to um to my part of the micro site uh, so that's about as far as i've got when it comes to hacking but I don't understand why drones aren't sort of geolocked that you can't fly them near. You, the, the actual technology won't allow you to do it. Hang on a second. Let me see if this still works. I mean, this is important stuff. Yeah, yeah it still works. Yeah. That's brilliant. So it actually works. It forwards to forward slash presenters, forward slash Pete Donaldson 11. Yeah, but I mean, I think a lot of hacking is conflated with just people just being a bit silly and just leaving their details or leaving like their logins out. It's never like a... It's never, really, it's never hacking bro- though, really? Yeah, exactly. But, well, but it's all the same thing, isn't it? If you gain access to something you're not supposed to, that's counted as hacking. If Jeremy Corbyn leaves his um, Twitter page open um, on uh, a hotel um, computer, do you remember when that happened yeah, a few years ago? Yeah, and someone tweeted on his behalf, tweeted, Davy Cameron is a pie. Yes, that rings yeah, a bell. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's technically hacking, isn't it? But it's just people being just crap with admin. Right. But I've never left any back doors open. No. If you want to hack me, just think of a Newcastle footballer. <laughs> you said that just before try, as yeah, well. Just, just try and get in. But I've, Pete, I've updated, though. There are, there are members in the uh, current squad. Oh, right, Come good. at me, bro. Well, you're giving them clues now. I am. Um, you're giving them clues where the prize is essentially you becoming destitute. If they want to take my identity, they are fucking welcome to it. You're fed up of it? Fed up of it. What, 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 what new one would you assume? Um, Scott Bakula from um, Quantum Leap. I think you'd. I thought you'd probably go for some sort of like crazed inventor. That's the life you've always wanted to lead. Yeah, but I wouldn't have any of the skills. I'd just have the castle, wouldn't I? Or some sort of non-Brexity James Dyson. I just be, 
<laughs> Be really left wing James Dyson just sat, sat in his little factory going, guys, I have not got the first clue what I'm doing. The, James, the James Dyson timeline is uh, speak out quite a, a lot about how good Brexit will be mm. and then take all your all your factories to Philippines and yeah. say how it's nothing to do with Brexit. <laughs> it's not even like Isn't he's trying incredible? to obfuscate it. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I enjoyed the um, George H.W. Bush's um, friendship with the Filipino boy. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring this up, and I don't you know. You said I Philippines. Can, I can't, I can't get involved. help it. I, I, I feel like <laughs> it ticks so many of the boxes. Filipino boy. Yeah, but I don't that want That was to. shorthand for dodginess. Obviously, we're not saying that. Obviously, in the, in the that's 80s. not the case. But some of the quotes from that actual piece really made me giggle. Cause it was yeah. like, I am a 77-year-old man. Uh, I love you. Yeah. You're talking to a tenure Filipino boy, Mr. Mr. Bush. He's just an affectionate guy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. He's well, yeah, he's been proved. Hansy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Pete, for goodness sake. What? You can't libel him because he's dead. Yeah. So and we're fine legally, but, but I just think that's legal- a bit distasteful. All right. Iran Contra. That's not distasteful. It's absolutely fine. Legitimate he criticism. He touched bums. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, I've got written down here. Um, oh, God. And I hope you don't have that thing again, writing stuff down. I don't normally write anything down because right. I, I like to be spontaneous on this show. The only yeah. thing I write down are the emails. But on this particular show on New Year's Eve, and it is a part time for reflection, I've written here just a question, two questions, three questions, sorry, for you. But they're all part of the same thing. Right. One, any part of your life you want to sort out in 2019? Two, any ambitions? And three, any resolutions? Um, the lift's not working in another place I work quite a lot. It's and not your life, machine, is it? The chocolate machine is on the sixth floor, so I have to climb six flights of stairs. A little bit out of breath. Penance. So I need to get that's a penance. bit. I need, I need to get... Well, that's what I mean. So it's unhealthy to get the chocolate drink because it's on the sixth floor, but I actually feel very unfit when I walk up to the sixth floor. So maybe I can either get fitter to get me chocolate drink, but that's going to make me less fit, isn't it, if I drink chocolate drink every night? If, some, if Ooh, someone if someone said to a me... A real Sophie's choice, isn't it? Really? If someone said to me, there is one adult you know that still mm. drinks chocolate milk. Chocolate milk? <laughs> Who is it? Tears on Day and me. I'd say it's Marcus like Tears on Day. Marcus oh yeah, actually Marcus is a dark horse on that front. No, I like, definitely be cho- you. I like a hot chocolate. Yeah. I like a nice... Look, Mama likes a nice cod piece that does not swim in grease. Rightly or wrongly, I consider people who drink hot chocolate to not be adult enough to drink the, the the established adult hot drinks of you tea and coffee. You don't drink coffee though. You don't. You I don't like. Drink co- I don't like the taste of coffee. No. Explain your tea order. Um, I have. So actually, it, now you now you've hit on something. Right. So I've got a reputation for drinking very milky tea in this yeah. office, right? Which is fine. But initially, it makes me wonder if in your private life you're banging to like I don't know, breast milk or something. Uh, just the abundance of milk just ruins it. Yeah, I mean, after that dairy episode last week as well, <laughs> I've undermined myself again. Now, originally, Pete, I used to take my time and brew the tea quite a lot. So it would be really strong two-thirds tea yeah. and then quite a lot of milk. So it's strong but milky. Right. But the problem like is, chai. I'm not going to publicly besmirch them, but you and I both know what goes on in that canteen in this office. I'll publicly besmirch them. Yeah. If I say strong but milky to them, yeah. what's going to what's going to happen? I do, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get a pint of milk, aren't I? It doesn't matter because you want to sit for three hours. In three, in thirty-five minutes' time, I'm going to get a pint of warm milk. That's what's going to happen. God, we're such we're such middle it's class. We're so middle class. So answer, we? answer the question: is, is it Any ambitions? Any resolutions? Oh um, no, I think anybody who has resolutions, uh, who feels the need to start them in January, if you've got a genuine problem with your life, like you're smoking. Or you've been a prick. Just stop doing it whenever. Just say the words, Pete. Say, Luke, I've given up already. I've given up already. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up years ago, Luke. And I am not brave enough 
No. To turn this ship around. Exactly. What's the point? You are the Costa Concordia of <laughs> life's ships. No, I'm one of those trained. Uh, I'm the What's Italian his name? Trained... Captain Shatino. Cap- his name was not Shatino. It, it was. It was, was Raphael Shatino, I think. Yeah. Because he was like on that phone, wasn't he? He was going. They were going. You get back on that get ship. Back, you get, listen get, to me get, now. Get, on get his dad on the phone. And he's going. Get you get back on that ship. No, I've fallen. <laughs> I've fallen. <laughs> it was the worst dereliction of duty since. Um, <laughs> Ah, oh, something you've done. Something we. How dare you? Um, yeah. No, I'm thinking of that, that Spanish train that went around the corner too fast. Oh, he yeah. was like this train guy who like loved going fast. On, oh in yeah, his I train. remember that as well. There was pictures on his Facebook of uh, pictures of a speedometer going way too fast and going. Meow. What I'm filming look it? How, well, just a picture of a speedometer going. Look how fast this train can go. And then cut to. He's killed a lot of people because oh, he's gone around the corner too quick. Oh dear, that's not that's not ideal, is it? It's not ideal. Um, no. I think. As predictable and as dull and as boring as this is, and in many ways, if you do even consider that this show does work, mm. I think it works because you are out there and interesting, and I'm obviously very predictable and boring. Right, and that's the sort of the juxtaposition. My resolution would be to try and run more this year than I ran. Sorry, next year than I run this year. Because you've got a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a runner. Yeah, but I don't deserve it. That's the thing. Right. I, think, I think I've only run 250 miles this I year. It's, it's rubbish. Like, it's like, like five like, miles a week. I think it's like me and me Japanese. I think i am kind of got a reputation of, of, of learning Japanese, but I haven't really... I do it like a couple of months before I go there. Yeah. But the rest of the year, what's the, what's the point? You've got a Japanese language key ring on your keys. That's why as well. Oh, people, me little bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah. people, so people think, think, oh, he's interesting. Warui. You're a peacock, Donaldson. All right, let's go have a little break and come back and do some of your emails. Uh, none of them are themed around the end of the year, I'll be honest, but um, it should still be enjoyable. Hmm. Hey, y'all, it's not that one. Thinks. Thinks. Yeah. Thinks I'm crazy. Thinks I'm crazy. Hello at lukeandpeteshow.com to get in touch. Um, we're still working our way through this tranche of emails we've we've had mm. fairly recently. Pete, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you better go first because I okay. have um, starred the wrong one. I've got one here for you that I actually identified and brought to the studio out of love for you, basically. Mm. It's all it is, okay? Um, it's from Steve and he says, Hi guys, um, I was listening to Monday's podcast and absolutely loved the talk on old Amstrad and Spectrum games. Okay. How to be a complete bastard, etc. How to be I had how to be a complete bastard and it was amazing. Very hard to actually complete. You had things like if you opened an umbrella it turned you into an oven. You could fill condoms with yogurt, burn near enough everything, mm. get pissed although the game properly blurred and even killed and, and and it was difficult. You can even kill people with a chainsaw although that ended the game. Do you also remember the school days, Pete, and the mm. back-to-school games. Yeah, they were kind of similar in that they were almost isometric, kind of 2D um, kind of adventures. They would, those games back then were so hard, mainly because the scrolling was so slow, but you would turn up at school and you'd write on the board and throw things at your schoolmates and you'd like flood the toilets and stuff and do all the naughty was things. Was it like that, that bully game that PlayStation brought out? Yeah, it was basically a, a, a lo-fi version of that, but it, you could... Um, you could name the nice thing about school days, either one or two. You could name all of the teachers in the 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 game. So you could, if you obviously you're, you're of school age, you could name all of the teachers in the game as your school teachers. So wow. it, it was that's dream stuff at that age. Incredibly immersive. Like yeah. so, you had the bully. You could name him what you wanted. The sweetheart. You could name her what you wanted. So you would kind of you know put a little bit yourself in the game for the brief ten minutes you were actually playing before you got killed. Yeah, I've um, I've named my two horses in Breath of the Wild after my two cats. Ah. There's why have you got two why have you why do you need two horses? <laughs> there's um 
people. Why, why do you need an answer to that? There was a big trope about casual gamers a couple of years ago. I'm um, definitely one of them. No, no, no. But like, it, it, was, it was a couple of like people slagging off basically gamers uh, and geeks in general, incels. Um, <laughs> Will um, virgins uh, yeah. will will invariably um, just they will take any opportunity they will see a chink in the armor they will see an opportunity uh, not to make the world a better place but to make the gaming world or world in general uh, for women worse yeah uh, and the big kind of like whipping um, a stick I suppose you'd call it I don't know how it really I've, whipping stick whip what, what the, the whipping body it doesn't really make any sense basically there was a game called Barbie's fucking horse adventures or whatever and it so this was, was a lightning rod basically for all of it yeah so it was like they would sort of say oh look what kind of games girls play barbie's bloody horse coma and it was basically you could customize your horses and comb its hair and make it more colorful and stuff like that and then red dead redemption 2's come out that's all you do in that game <laughs> yeah. it's just plait your fucking horse's hair and look at its balls it, look at its balls get bigger and colder Bigger and smaller uh, as yeah. the as the heat and the um, cold get to them, but yeah, it was it's it's just kind of gone. I think full it's really circle. sad that, and people must be unhappy if that's how they're gatekeeping behaving. fucking gatekeepers. Just yeah, let exactly. people enjoy what they want. Exactly, I completely agree. And uh, can I just finish off with um, what? And Steve? that's why I'm joining a K-pop group. Yeah, I've, I'm. I think lots of regular listeners to this show will be surprised that it's taken so long. Mm. Um, Steve also says he was a big fan of the Dizzy games. I was as well. Uh, yeah. And he said he found on eBay recently a disc that was full of old Spectrum games that could be played on the PC. Mm. I'm not sure if you're aware of that um, phenomenon. You can, play these, uh, you can play these games on your browser now. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm. It's like an emulator or whatever. But that's from Steve. So thank you very much. Steve, of course, emailed into hello at lukeandpeacher.com. And that's how we got his missive. Fantasy World Dizzy on the Amstrad CPC was my favourite I think one. I had Magic. Is it Magic Land Dizzy? Was that it's one? a little later. A little later than that. I like that but one. The Fantasy World was... Uh, Treasure Island Dizzy was the second one. And Dizzy was um, a kind of... Proof of concept, I suppose, a blueprint for what might come. I met the Oliver Twins because back then you obviously had games that you were created by two or three people, and the Oliver Twins were two um, not unegg like men. Um, oh, really? I met, so you in, think I met them in later life when everybody just saw uh, mobile gaming as a real kind of um, chance to make a bit of money off some old IP. Uh, and so the Oliver Twins uh, re-released um, Dizzy for the for the iPhone. And Does that make any no, money? No, nobody no, bought it. No, no, nobody bought it. Shame. So when you talk about casual gamers, mm. are you based? I mean, I would I would be a laughing stock in the gaming community. Well, yeah, but like I think playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. I think no, casual gamers would be uh, COD, Call of Duty, and FIFA. They're right. casual gamers. They're like Fortnite. The people who play the right. footballers. Any game that a footballer plays. Right, okay. is that's a casual gamer. Okay, right. It's just oh, you make oh, why don't you like a Japanese RPG from 1985? Right, okay. So the purists, basically, purists. The, the purists who game, also the happen. core gamers that make their own art worse. Yeah, by their by their peccadillos and the, the the way they think things should go. Hateful purists. Hateful purists. The new album from Pete Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. What's next, Donny? Uh, email from Sean O'Brien. Hello, Sean O'Brien. Uh, your recent chat about Ten Cent Beer Night made, you, made me think you'd be interested to hear about another baseball promotion that went horrendously awry. Disco Demolition Night. Oh, I think I know about this. Is this is this Disco 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 Suck Suck Suck? Possibly. They were singing. They were all shouting that out. Oh, maybe. Well, it's the most infamous uh, baseball promotion in the sports history. It sounds amazing. On July the twelfth. Uh, 1979, the Chicago White Sox had a double header. Just for clarity's sake, this is when two games played on the same day because sometimes it was just one three-hour game where nothing happens, just isn't enough. It is boring baseball, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> scheduled against the Detroit uh, Tigers. As a promotion to catch on to the rising backlash to disco music, 
which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Was that a thing? Like, kind of people go, I think this is, what I, this is, I think this is what I meant. Yeah, this is right. what I meant. Yeah. Well, um, the White Sox uh, offered reduced ticket prices to anyone who came to the game with a disco record, all of which would be collected and blown up between the two games. The White Sox were hoping that the promotion would have an attendance of about 20,000 fans. Instead, the stadium sold out, and estimates suggested that about 50,000 people were there, with another 20,000 outside the stadium who couldn't get in. A huge crowd outside the stadium caused security to, buy, to be diverted from the field. With this lack of security, fans began throwing uncollected records, firecrackers, empty liquor bottles, and lighters onto the field. The game was stopped several times because of the rain of foreign objects. Eventually, the first game ended and it was time for the main event. Once the explosion finally occurred, the demolition tore a large hole in the field and led to absolute chaos, with uh, 7,000 fans storming the field, causing the players to barricade themselves in the team clubhouse while the fans um, climbed the foul poles, set records on fire, which is hard to do. Surely they just melt. Look at that. And also ripping up grass. What is that? Oh, people on the field, right? Okay. I can't believe it made such a big hole in the ground, though. The bases were stolen and the batting cage was destroyed. Uh, Riot police were called to restore order and 39 people were arrested. The second game was never actually played. You can imagine, looking back on that, you can't, it's hard to get on board with why they thought that was ever a good idea. Disco is all about cocaine in the 80s. True. I mean, but these are people who hate disco, presumably. Well, because they've done all their cocaine, they've got no need for the disco records. Right. They're out of their tree, they're like going, oh, sod this. That's your theory. I want something with a bit more BPM. That's your theory, is it? But imagine all... loads of like really sharp records raining down. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a bit like a scene in Shaun of the Dead where they're throwing their records at the zombies. <laughs> Funny. Poor, um, and, and Nile Rogers is on the field going, hey, stop. What about this, Disco Pete? is still alive. Is that how he speaks? Yeah, Nile Rogers, he talks like this. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about this, Pete, from... Um... Hey, I'm Nile Rogers. That's how he talks. That's literally how he talks. That's what... not me doing a generic like black dude voice. That is literally how Niles Rogers talks. What about this email here from Nile oh, Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> he says... Uh... No, this is, this is an email from Joe. I like this one. Right. This is along the theme of finding some money. He says, your discussion in episode 121 about found money took me back to an occurrence that happened during my school years. Mm. I went to a good school. Oh, putting that out there. Um, but it was located in a slightly ropey area of Bristol. Oh, well, how could it be a good school? Exactly. Then? One day, waiting for the late bus home, I looked down in the gutter and spotted what turned out to be... A dead man. A little roll of bills totaling £55. That's a lot of money. Stick my bills, you pay my telephone bills. In hindsight, given the location, it was absolutely a drug dealer's money. But that didn't occur <laughs> to 13-year-old me. As with Luke, I handed it back in. I'm oh, sorry, I handed it in and got it back after six weeks. That day after I got it... Six weeks? I think mine was six months. Uh, anyway, uh, the day after I got I it back... I can't you went back for that. Pete, this is where it gets great. Mm. That day after I got back... Uh, sorry, the day after I got it back was one of the finest school days of my life. 55 quid in a school... Where two pound twenty to pay a sixth formal to go and buy you chips from the local chippy was absolute high roller business. <laughs> also, my mum was well proud of me for handing it in, though less impressed when she got a call from a panicked thirteen-year-old me on a bus asking for her to come escort me home from the bus stop to protect my newfound riches. I think she might have had a point when she told me just to walk home, trying not to look muggable. <laughs> <laughs> I love that mum advice. I remember, I, I remember sort of going to um, uh, English Martyr School and the our kind of the. The, the evil school were uh, high tunstall and um, people were kind of always, I was always scared that the tunnies would get me. I was constantly on my paper. I'm worried that some lads would get me from the other school. Really? Just seems like such a weird thing to be worried about. If it happens, mm. it happens. It's and fear so, of the unknown though, isn't it? Yeah. But if I was like, if I was um, a, a parent these days, I would do my very best to um, make sure that um, my child wasn't scared of 
the opposing school because there's just really no need. People don't start fights for no reason. No, I, I, I had a I had a paper round in a really rough part of Gosport mm. where I'm from, and those people who know Gosport will know that it's got some some rough areas, uh, and it involved um, delivering obviously on my bike, delivering newspapers to the top of like a twelve story tower block, but the lifting work. Mm. So I used to have to park my bike in the bottom uh, and um, take my seat off my bike because it was a quick release seat, mm. carry it with me up to the top and back. And no word of a lie, the one time I didn't take my seat off, it got nicked. So, so you had to sit with the pile up your bum? So I just did the rest of my paper round with no seat on my bike. And I think possibly for a day or two after. But the worst thing Why about it... Why seats so valuable? To be, to be honest, that seats. part of town, people just nick stuff for the sake of it, and, right. I, and I think there's not really much to do. And 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 anyway, the funny thing was, it's not funny because I probably looked absolutely ridiculous. Uh, when I came down the day that the fateful day that the bike seat was stolen, mm. there was two quite hard kids from the year above loitering around, oh. and I blatantly knew one of them had stolen it, mm. and I was caught between this idea that I was probably going to get beaten up if I said anything, mm. but at the same time, I was really fucking pissed off. So I, I went up there. And said, um, "Sorry, have you seen? It? I, this is the thing. Classic, my bike yeah, seat. classic thing, right? I know they've nicked it. They know they've nicked it, right? Mm. I go up to them and say, and I like, completely bottled it. I just went, sorry, did you see um, anyone? I was like, all right, lads, all right, geezers, <laughs> all right, lads. Yeah, I might be in the year below, but I'm very mature for my age. I didn't say that, but I, I went up there. I said, have you seen anyone knocking about here with a bike seat, chaps? And they were like, no, mate, Smoke, <laughs> smoking like a cigarette." I was like, all right, okay, well, uh, you know, keep an eye out for me, won't you? So I basically completely <laughs> mugged, mugged myself off. I don't understand the, um, what they were getting out of that bike seat. Nothing, they're getting nothing out of it, Pete, so other weird. than stealing it for the sake of it, hoping at some point to get a fight with me, which, mm. they, which they blatantly win. Right. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I just so, think so that... The worst thing about it, just, for, just to finish, is that, like, I don't know how much a bike seat was, but it was probably about two weeks paper round wages. Yeah. So I was essentially working for free, you know. I think my parents might have got me a new one. But. I just think that with... Um, yeah, I don't know why they steal it, but also, like, you, I always just would bet on the fact that they'd already had a fight that day. Fights take out of you. Yeah, they didn't look that tired. That's the problem. Here we go. Honour to be with you on the red carpet for the British 2014. Thank you very much. How man. are you feeling right now, kids? Cool. Love your coat. I love your coat. It's quite, it's quite similar. <laughs> Since you interviewing Nile Rogers. Yeah, that's how he talks. I love your coat. Play him again. The true sense of guitar music back. Yeah, it feels Are you proud cool. about that? I am so happy. I when think, he, when think, he gets more excited, he sounds like I think my you've impression. done a parody of his voice. Though. I think yeah. you should be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. <laughs> well, Absolutely ashamed of in yourself. In my mind, that's what he sounded like. Email in to rate Pete's Nile Rogers impression out of 10 yeah. and perhaps um, call him out on how hateful he is. It's not hateful. He kind of talks like this. Doing impressions of people. That's how he talks. It, it happened that he didn't have a sore throat that day. That sounds like an unidentified flying member of the Simpsons cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pete, that's probably about that, that for, oh, for, God, for, for music. Look, thanks for all your support in 2018. Pete, I've got to do this bit before we go. Oh, uh, fuck them. Thanks, <laughs> thanks very much for your you support. You can't double it next year. We, we don't want to know. 2018, you've done well, but please do tell everyone you know about the Luke and Pete show. It's the only show out there which is two middle-class men in the room being self-indulgent. There's no other podcast no. like this. It's unique. No. Uh, uh, but seriously, thanks for your support. To get in touch, hello at lukeandpeach.com, and we'll see you in the future. We should review films. Too many spoilers. Look.
was a Radio Stakhanov production. production.